0: I was very recently 33, and like having friends that met people at that age, like when you start a serious relationship at that age, you're thinking like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm done with this part now.
1: Yeah, and that's exactly it. And I mean, I'll share more about this, but the first three weeks of it were like a fairy tale.
0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Finding Mr. Height, the podcast. I'm Allie, back with my co-host, Erica. Erica, hello, hello. Hello, hello, Allie.
2: How are you doing today? Good? I am good. I am tired. I had a friend in town this weekend. Same. And it was fun, but also, I need to catch up on some sleep.
0: Yeah, also, like, I want to go to bed immediately. I don't blame you. And it's 8.12 p.m. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Ugh.
0: Yeah, I I feel like I just like need to recover from the weekend. I also, I have found myself with one of those like random bruises that you can't really explain how you acquired. No, oh, that's the worst. And I, I get them all the I mean, most of the time it's from volleyball, but I know this one isn't. And so right before we recorded, I actually threw some of my Sunset Lake Arnica salve on it.
2: Yo, that stuff is a lifesaver, honestly. It's
0: so good on sore muscles, on bruises. I also have you tried the recovery lotion?
2: Yeah, I also like the lotion a lot, and I really like the smell too.
0: So they came out with a new scent. They the previous one was jasmine, and I loved that one. But then in the most recent box that I got of stuff, they have menthol now.
2: Oh, really? I gotta. Yeah, for that. it's oh. like very like refreshing. Yeah, very like cooling sensation. Yeah. Oh. It's great. I mean, my favorite thing is always the gummies. It's just like the easiest, Mm -hmm. easiest to put in your mouth. It tastes delicious. gets the job done. Uh, And I will absolutely be using the sleep ones tonight. Those are especially my favorite.
0: Same. At this point, I take them every night. Um, And they're so good. So if the listeners want to try them out, you can go to sunsetlakecbd.com. Use our code FMH20. Also, We've said it before we'll say it again, it makes a fantastic gift. Many many people on my list are getting Sunset Lake products this year.
2: Fantastic gift and they make plenty of stuff that's like vegan, gluten-free, like they they have everything for everybody. So, FMH20 for 20% off sunsetlakecbd.com. So, I've talked a little bit on the pod about how I've been
0: trying to extend my damp January into into future months and i have really been enjoying recess mocktails as a way to have what feels like a fancy drink at home but without the alcohol
2: yeah and also it's nice to have something in your fridge that just has a little bit of flavor totally and they're they're delicious they're made with real fruit sweetened with agave and again 0% alcohol so just a nice nice little flavorful drink that is a little little play on our favorites here they got a bunch of great flavors
0: my personal favorite is the recess watermelon mojito i actually like to garnish it like it's a actual cocktail. Like I put it in a coupe glass, feel it all fancy, garnish it with a little sprig of mint. It is delicious.
2: And my favorite is the Recess Ginger Lime Mule. I'm a ginger gal. And what I love also, not too sweet. Perfect amount of just a little little sweet treat. They're
0: absolutely delicious. And you can get 15% off Recess Mocktails now at takearecess.com slash FMH. So you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences yeah so how are things going how was how was your weekend with your friend
2: my weekend my friend was great i got to catch up with an old uh basketball teammate of mine from college uh so fun it's always yeah it's always great to see her i usually get to see her about once a year um really really fun we went out we went dancing which i have not done in a long time so again shout out to sunset lake cbd (laughs) 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 easing my soreness in my knees a little bit but um My major update for everybody uh, is my Comedy Cellar audition got moved. So I do not have the update on that as it has not happened as we're recording. Do you have a new Um, time for it or a new day? Yeah. Now it's uh, this coming weekend. Oh, great. So the next episode, we should know as long as everything goes according to plan and I don't get bumped again. But it happens. It happens. Yeah. We're going with the flow. Um, I actually have a very interesting dating update that happened. Yeah of uh i've been trying to be back on the apps a little bit more and i was just swiping yada yada all of a sudden i got a text from a number i don't have in my phone and it was a file a file a A file file. yeah like a file and i forget what the dot was but i didn't recognize it so i was like this seems like spam or like a virus or something yeah i was like i'm not gonna click this and i texted back and just was like hey who is this and then I got this little paragraph that was like, hey, it's, insert name here, uh, we just smashed on Bumble and we actually met after one of your shows a few years ago. And since COVID, I've been out of town, but now I'm back in New York and I would love to like go out and get a drink sometime. Oh my God. Yeah. And then when I was texting back and forth, the file changed to, guess what? A voice memo oh shit like i was like oh my god what and then i said oh i'm sorry i'm out right now which was a lie uh (laughs) i was like oh i'll listen to this when i get home i listened to it then i think once you like text back your phone i don't know realizes it's not spam i'm not sure um but i remembered their name and i was like oh yeah i remember that guy look on bumble i'm like oh i recognize that face yeah listen to the voice memo and the voice memo was just really nice and friendly of just Hey, same thing. I saw you on Bumble, and uh, would really love to like get a drink sometime. Now that I'm back in town. Blah blah blah, or like come see a show, etc. And I just was like, I've been having very interesting voice memo karma
0: currently. I love this for you. Maybe all of my voice memo luck is just on you.
2: That's <laughs> great. I'm because, here for it. Yeah, I mean, because to be honest, you know, I didn't keep hard stats on it when I was doing it on Bumble, sure. uh, but people replied to you. They did. I didn't get zero. <laughs> but I also wasn't sitting here like, I'm getting like 90%. Like, sure. oh my God. Because as, you know, as the gang knows and listens to the show, I have not gone on an online date in a while. It just yeah. hasn't worked out for your girl. Um, but yeah, it was a really kind of weird, pleasant surprise. And at the time, I still had my audition and my friend in town. So I was like, hey, I can't this weekend, but maybe sometime next week. Whatever so it's, it's on me to follow up on that one and uh I think I'm going to and yeah, man yeah and it's something that I wasn't like so much younger than I am now when I met this man <laughs> but I do remember like this person was very like in pursuit mm. and I just was kind of thrown off by it of I just think I was a little like this never happens what's happening and I only like to them for a little. Right, and I I was kind of like, well, Erica, you've been asking the universe for like men that have some confidence and men that make a move and make a plan. And it's like, here's one. Here's one that you really don't have any reason to not go out with. Yeah. So I also, I really love that because one of the
0: things that I, that we have gotten questions from listeners about this before and it annoys me is when somebody has your number and yet uses a dating app to talk to you. Mm. So, like, it's like, oh, my friend that I know in real life, now I've matched with him on Bumble and we're talking. It's like, bro, you have my number. And if
2: you want to ask me out, you can ask me out. True. True on the friend in real life, I would agree. But it's a little like, I think I've said this before on this show. Sometimes there's like a trick to changing the medium of both, like, if someone leaves you on red or something, but also if you just feel like I kind of shot a shot, but it was weak. And mm. I was left in the vague. You're almost like, all right, let me restart this somewhere else. Well, I, um, I just
0: I like that he was like, okay, he confirmed that you are single and interested via Bumble match, right? So like, it's yes, like there's true. a reason why he's like popping back up, and then he's like, but I have this person's phone number, and I'm going to speak to her there.
2: Yeah, and I really I mean, like that. I appreciate a bold move. And like I said, I was I've complained many a times about men being vague men not making plans them being flaky and i was like well yeah you're someone that is not doing any of that and made a bold move and i respect it that's made me more into it so i love and, it yeah and i'm like oh he's seen me do comedy he knows i do comedy he's cool about it all right well why not that's what great. do i have to lose so that mm-hmm. was a nice little fun surprise fun surprise for me yeah that's great nowhere anyway what about you what's new with you
0: i so i have yet to hear from captain Kirk still still damn so last we spoke last we spoke well the patrons we spoke to the patrons fairly recently so the patrons Mm -hmm. know this already but last we spoke it had been like a couple days since we'd last talked he was still very sick but it's now been a week since then hmm and I also texted him this past week asking how he was feeling, and did not get a reply.
2: Yeah, which we don't love. Not going nope. to be benefit of the doubt because we are, we are. We don't know how sick people are, but uh, yeah. and it also, is like, disappointing.
0: I, it is disappointing. Yeah, yeah. I, I am still giving the benefit of the doubt in the sense that like, I'm not striking him off the face of the face of the earth. Like, you shall not come back from this no matter what happens status. Right. Like, that's not where we're at. But it is disappointing. Mm-hmm. The nice thing, though, about this being a matchmaker setup in this circumstance is that she is going to, or already did, I think she emailed him on Friday, follow up with him.
2: Yeah.
1: The, that's the whole point.
0: That's the whole point. <laughs> yeah. And she's done this before. There's There was one other guy that she matched me with uh, six months ago, maybe earlier this year. Who ended up like dropping off face the earth.
2: Hmm.
0: And and ghosted her as well. But hmm. and we you know what can you do? He didn't count as a match, obviously. And this guy won't either if if we don't go out. But she's able to follow up with them, not saying like, hey, I talked to Allie and she said she hasn't heard from you, but more just in like a, this is a normal thing that I do. I follow up with people. How are things going? Have you guys gone out? Like kind of playing dumb a little bit.
2: Yeah, which I fully support. That's the move. Uh, Absolutely.
0: I mean, it's the whole point
2: of the yeah. service.
0: <laughs> <laughs> She's facilitating the situation. So she did that. I reached out to her on Friday morning and was like, hey, like, can you check in with this guy? Because I haven't heard from him. I texted him on Wednesday. Crickets. I don't actually know that he's okay.
2: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> a little frightening of like, yes, we kind of are past the COVID, quote, scariness. But it still is like, yeah. Last I heard, you were sick and very, very sick, and didn't he even joke of like if you don't hear from me, he on death one of my deathbed or something. One
0: of the very last things he said to me was a joke about like if you never hear from me again, like it means I've like crossed over or something like
2: that. Yeah, which you're like, haha, at the time, and then you don't hear, and you're like, okay, actually right. concerned.
0: Now I can I can still see that text message in our screen when I went back to be like, I did text him, right? Because that's what happened. On Friday, somebody had mentioned him to me and a friend of mine. And I was like, oh, that's right. Did I text him? Mm. And I like went back in the thing to be like, I did, right? And he never texted me back. And I could see that still on the screen and was like, oh, no. Mm. I don't actually – I mean, I think that's there's a very low probability of that. But it's not zero.
2: Right, yeah. I mean it's just part of you is like actually concerned and then the other part of you is just a little like okay what's going on? Like, like what's I up, just dude? want the update. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So anyway, disappointing. We will hopefully find out. My matchmaker also has software where she can see if someone's opened an email.
2: Clutch. Very clutch.
0: So yeah, which she's mentioned to me before. <laughs> um and actually I've said that on the pod before because when she told me that, I then Went into like a panic spiral, like an anxiety spiral about can she see how many times someone has opened an email? Because I open her emails like dozens of times.
2: Uh, I'm going to be honest with you, Allie. I'm pretty sure they can. <laughs> I think so too. I've, 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 I've been an assistant to a salesperson and uh, they can. <laughs>
0: they can. And I I just hope that she doesn't get an active notification every time I open one of her emails. Because when she sends me an email about a match, I, I'm i not kidding. I open it probably 25 times. <laughs>
2: I mean, I don't think it does, but I mean, if anything, I'd just be like, this is a client that's really invested.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's fine, right? It's just like a little embarrassing. Um, Yeah. So anyway, so that's what's going on with that. We shall see. I did have, however, a very successful Bumble outing just like in the last hour. Really? Yeah. So... As we've discussed, Sundays are the most popular day for dating apps. That's when yep. the most people are active on dating apps. And so I was sitting here on the couch. I was going to take a nap. I was like, I'm going to be all groggy for the recording if I take a nap. I'll just I'll just go to bed right after we finish. So I was like, I got to keep myself awake. So I went on to Bumble and I got a notification of a discounted price for an hour of Spotlight.
2: Oh, okay. Have you ever done a Spotlight before?
0: Never because I've been like, I don't really want to pay for that. I think I get – a certain number of free ones with my premium membership. I don't know. I've never really looked into it. I've never considered yeah. it. It's never been something that's
2: like seemed worth it to me. Funny, I've done that it was... on hinge instead oh. of buying the premium membership. Oh, interesting. Because it was cheaper and I was like, you know what? Yeah. I'll just boost it during a busy time and it will just cause you don't get that many likes if you don't have premium. So I was like, well, I'll try to yeah. get this to use other people's likes. So <laughs> that was, that my, was my thought. It's like, yeah.
0: okay, it's Sunday night. I'm in the app. I'm getting this free spotlight. Why don't I do it? And uh-huh. as we speak, I have 8 matches sitting waiting for me to send them openers. All right, that'll wake you up. Hello. Yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> "All right, great." And not like like legit matches. Like I wasn't like, you know, swiping on people that I wouldn't ordinarily swipe on. Like these are like legit yeah. people that I'm excited to have matched with. Um and I, I haven't sent out the openers. I, I will when I sign off here, but So, Bobble Spotlight, maybe maybe worth it every once in a while. I'm a fan. Yeah.
2: I think it's interesting to try it. Boost your profile. Especially as opposed to, like, we've all done that you delete and remake your profile. Yes. Because it naturally boosts you. Um, But the problem with that is I'll see the same people. Yeah, so that's currently happening to me on
0: Hinge. I will say that it, ha- it is successful. I am getting likes and matches on Hinge at a much higher rate than I was before I deleted and remade mm-hmm. it. Yeah. But I am having to weed through people that I've seen a bunch and just like already know that I don't want to match with. Like I'll see their first picture and be like, oh, that guy. No.
2: <laughs> Did like, that I, know what,
0: I know what the rest of his profile is going to say.
2: Yeah. The longer you're single, the more you just see the same people and it's like – yeah i don't know i don't know how to feel about it some days it bothers me and other days i'm just like well guess we're both here (laughs) it's fine bumble continues to show
0: me my very good friend's ex boyfriend not the one that you caught like cheating no oh okay no 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 um but not someone that i want to (laughs) date and i like continue to say no and continue to say no i think the next time i see him i'm gonna block him because i think bumble has a a way of blocking without reporting them like without it being a bad thing oh i didn't know that yeah like if you click block and report it asks you why and one of the options is like i just don't want to see this person or i'm just not interested or something innocuous like that
2: interesting i've wished like every dating app had an option of sync my contacts and don't show me any of these people
0: tinder has that it does. Okay. Yeah, it came out like a year ago. I don't know if everybody has the feature, but I got it as a beta feature. I'm not really on Tinder anymore, but like a year ago, it came out, and I was like, "This is genius!" Like you can basically the, the way they were messaging it was like you could put in your ex's phone number and never see them.
2: Okay, because this literally happened to me. Of I got a like from my ex two different times from Eggs Benedict. So annoying. And all I could think was like, our phones know everything about us. That like my phone should know that this person's <laughs> name used to have a heart next to it, and ah! now it has nothing next to it. Like the phone should know. The phone should know it's he's blocked on Instagram. Like they should know. The phone should know. It should there it's should just be it. like a blocking service where just yeah. every app that exists
0: just decides that it it just needs to know. Everybody needs to be informed.
2: Yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, I would be so happy if every every app I could just sync my contacts because it's like. If, I mean, I'm a shooter, as I always say. I'm like, I, yeah. I'll make a move. If I am interested in someone, I will make the move. I don't care. I have no shame. So when I see people I know on dating apps, I'm like, yeah, I could text this person. Like, yeah, I'm over it. But anyway, still excited. Listen up, guys. If you haven't heard yet, we're coming to the DC Comedy Law for another live podcast. Thursday, March 21st. Get your tickets. We are I think over halfway sold out already. Well over halfway sold out. So get your tickets if you want to come experience some magic live. We want to meet you. We want to talk to you. We're going to have so much fun. And it's also Allie's birthday that week.
0: It is my birthday that week. So and my mom might be there. I'm excited. You can go to findingmrhyte.com slash live to find an easy link also in our bios to get those tickets, and we are going to have an after party afterwards where we can really meet and greet, talk to everybody somewhere in the area.
2: Yeah, so make sure you come. DC Comedy Loft, Thursday, March twenty first, and if you want to check out some stand up, I'm going to be there all weekend. So Friday and that Saturday, I'll be doing stand up shows. Start swiping on Hinge, bring a date, have a good time, and you'll you can come and meet Allie's mom. Which we still have some spots left on our Portugal trip, and a little update on that. A few of you reached out to us about. Hey, I want to come either, unfortunately, I don't have my mom anymore, or I want to come with my aunt. I want to come with my sister. I just want to come with a friend. The trip is officially open to anybody that would like to come, as long as you don't mind. Half the trip being moms and daughter combos. Everybody's excited to come. Doesn't matter. You are welcome to join.
0: Travel with us. It's going to be so, so fun. You can also check that out at findingmisterheight.com slash podcast. If you have any questions about it, feel free to reach out. We're happy to answer anything. We're just so excited to be there with our moms and with you.
2: Yep. Next October, October 4th through 10th. Check it out. Come travel with us too. Yeah. So that's been my
0: evening and I am super excited for this week's episode.
2: Me too. We have our very first series of story time.
0: Yeah. So we've been talking for a while about how we wanted to start bringing listener stories onto the pod. And we've been talking about it like in abstract, but hadn't really like done anything about it. And then a listener, Tara Resnick, who you, everybody will meet in a moment, reached out to me with a really compelling story. And I was like, this actually could work perfectly for this at the time unnamed series that we are now calling Storytime. And so this is going to be our, it's called the first story time one. And this one is, you know, Tara's gonna be on camera. She's obviously, I've just said her full name. she's not anonymous, but I imagine in the future we might have some more sensitive topics that might be anonymous. like this could go in a lot of different directions. And as of now, in our suggestions form at com slash podcast, there is an option to submit your story for a story time episode. Um, and there'll be like a video interview that we'll do beforehand, you know, to chat with people and kind of screen people. And I'm just I'm really
2: excited about it. Yeah. And I'd just like to reiterate that if you don't want your identity to be known, there are many tricks we can do to make sure we disguise that no one knows exactly who you are. Uh, but don't hesitate to still submit to the show. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Um, So with that, I'm super excited to get to Tara. Um, We will let her introduce herself and tell her story and, you know, talk about why she's here. And can't wait for the rest
2: of this series. Me either. I'm excited. Let's do it. Yeah.
0: And we are back with Tara. Hi,
1: Tara. Welcome to Finding Mr. Height, the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so pumped to be here.
2: We're so excited to have you.
0: Yeah, we're we're so excited. We're so excited to do our first listener story. And so just grateful that you reached out to us and kind of kicked off this whole process.
2: So uh, can you give us just a little bit of background about yourself? What do you do? Where do you work? Uh, just to give a little intro for the listeners.
1: So I live in Toronto. Um, I work full time in healthcare at a hospital, a local hospital. And my side hustle is uh, teaching spin. So I teach spin three times a week at a boutique studio in Toronto. Um. So tell us, Tara,
0: what brought you to us? Like, what you know, kind of compelled you to reach out to us? Why are you here?
1: Sure. So I was in an almost five-year relationship. Um, we lived together, and it was—I mean, looking back, hindsight's twenty-twenty. It was so toxic and unhealthy in so many ways. But when I was in the thick of it, of course, I couldn't see that. I had everyone yeah. in my life, my friends, my family telling me like, this isn't good from, I'm not going to lie, like year one to year almost five. Oh, wow. And, wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was just the advocate for this is going to change. This is going to be great. I'm going to fix him. I'm going to change him. Um, And, you know, I got to a point where I realized it was now or never, that if I didn't that I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I realized I was settling in a sense that it was easier to stay in it than it was to, quite honestly, blow up my life and start over. It was more comfortable, but the truth is it wasn't easier. It was actually much more difficult. It's, I just couldn't see that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I would imagine... So you met him when you were just doing the math, 32, something like that? You started dating when you were... 33. 33. Yeah. And I, I would imagine just... Being, I was very recently thirty three, and like having friends that met people at that age. Like when you start a serious relationship at that age, you're thinking like, "Oh, okay, I'm I'm done with this part now."
1: Yeah, absolutely, and that's exactly it. And I mean, I'll share more about this, but the first three weeks of it were like a fairy tale. So, Um, oh my gosh, so um, just like right away, like I'm gonna marry you. You're the person for me. Like going so far as to like deliver flowers to my office. I'll never forget after our third date, it was his birthday in a week and he had asked me to come to his family birthday. And I was uncomfortable with it, which obviously was my gut being like, yeah. well. mm-hmm. and I said like, Hey, I'm not really ready for that. Um, Like just, you know, after having, I was in a, I guess I should mention this. I was in a 10 year on and off really unhealthy relationship in my 20s. There's a pattern here, I'm aware. (laughs) I've done a lot of work, but I I did. We all have
0: them. We all have them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, So after that, I was single for a little bit. And then it was like, here's this guy who's like sending me flowers at my office and like trying to bring me home right away and telling me everything I wanted to hear. Like, this is it. I found it. This is what's, you know, in the Disney movies.
2: Or even, um, you know, the Sex and the City cab light on. Exactly. Like, I found the guy that has the cab light on. He's you ready know. to commit. He's yeah. being consistent. He's pursuing me. He's doing yeah. things no other man has done. Yeah. And you get swept up in it, obviously. And it feels nice. Yeah. It feels flattering. Yeah, no it feels one's... great. Yeah, it, it, it feels lovely to have it actually happen. And you're like, oh my gosh, someone I was interested in yes. is finally reciprocating and giving me, you know, a little bit of this fairy tale. I've wondered if that was ever true fairy tale, you know?
1: A hundred percent. I'm almost embarrassed to say though, like full disclosure, I met him and he was like two and a half months out of a marriage, still living in the matrimonial home. So if that wasn't like the biggest shiny red flag in my face, like, so yes, that is what it looked like the sex in the city moment. But it was also like, I should have seen like this guy like is not ready to date. I don't know what I was thinking, but we'll, we'll get there. Well, I mean, I think like
0: we, there's the, You know that movie? Well, it started in a book. But the He's Just Not That Into You, I'm not – I don't subscribe to like every single thing that's in that book or that movie. But one thing that they say that has always stuck with me is you are not the exception. You're the rule.
1: Yes. And I think
0: that I get that feeling of wanting to be the exception. Like everybody wants to feel special, feel like this is just because it's me. This Mm -hmm. is just because Mm -hmm. this is a special
1: thing. Mm Mm-hmm yeah and I'm not gonna lie Ali don't judge me I'm like a huge he's just not I've read it like 400 times I even read it's called a breakup because it's broken when I broke up with him so I'm like a huge fan of those books no no same
0: same it's just that that the he's not that into you book some of the advice is like a little bit black and white for me totally. but I'm not like a rules gal typically speaking um but I totally am with you i I'm looking currently at my bookshelf of relationship self-help books. So I am I, with you.
1: I mean, they're amazing. Like it's it's the problem solver in you. I get it.
0: Yes, very much so. So, okay. So those first three weeks, total magic, then what?
1: Um, He, the only way to describe it is he totally freaked out. Like I've learned this after, to be honest. Yeah. I read all of it. Um. And he was at my house and we were having a great night. And then suddenly out of nowhere, he was like, I need to go walk my dog. And I was like, okay. And I remember calling my best friend being like, something's wrong. Like something just like a a flip switched. That's what it felt like. And she was like, you're being anxious. You're overthinking. Nothing's wrong. Comes back from the dog walk and is like, I have to go. So I was like, okay. Like, what are you going to say? All right. Bye. In the morning, hadn't heard from him. And I remember texting him and saying like, Hey, is everything okay? Cause like something doesn't feel right. And then it was all like, I'm not ready for this. I thought I was ready, but you're so amazing. I don't want to lose you. And in that moment it was so heartbreaking because he had come on so strong that I was just like, okay, bye. Like I knew this isn't a guy I want to talk to about it. This isn't like, I needed to call my committee, my friends, my family, (laughs) Like I needed to sort of debrief with them and just feel my feelings. Um, From that point on, for the following six months, it was like the push pull that I think attracts a lot of anxiously attached folks. The like, I can't be with you. I'm not ready. But oh my god, you're on a date with someone. I'm going to show up at your condo. Or like, what?
2: Whoa! I wouldn't say that's a stereotypical push pull. No, no, no. Sorry. Let me
1: clarify. No, no, no. Sorry. That may. Let me rephrase didn't show up on my date. Like when I got home from my date, <laughs> like he would be like, Oh, you were wow. on a date. Like I need to see you right now. And then like, would be like, come downstairs. And because I, um, and I'm not sure if this is important to note, but I think it is in case there's anyone listening who may have, have lived through the same thing. Um, I had a, an emotionally unavailable dad. So mm-hmm. I grew up with this kind of vibe, if that makes sense. So this felt mm-hmm. very familiar, this like, mm-hmm. I love you. I hate you. I love you. I hate you. So that feels like home when you haven't done the work yet. Yeah. It was so unhealthy, but I just hadn't done the work yet. That's really what it was. Um, So I, you know, I want to take responsibility. Like, it's not like he was stalking me or doing anything inappropriate. I was fully engaged in the push-pull. I was a a fully aware, consenting, like, party here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so for six months, it was like we would go on these like clandestine dates where it was like we're going to go to the zoo or we're going to do a day trip to Buffalo, which probably sounds funny to you guys from New York. But for us, like we go shopping there and then we come back. (laughs) (laughs) We would do these really fun things and then he would take me home and I would be so sad. Like I would go home and be like, why does it have to end? Like why am I not dating this person?
0: It's the like dopamine crash (laughs) when you like had this like – such a high weekend. I used to feel that way when I was in my long distance relationship when we weren't together because we weren't great at communicating when we weren't together and so it was like these amazing high highs and then just
1: crashes. And mm. it's the the crash. It's like, you know, they say the easiest thing to forget is pain. So Ooh. the crash would be so intense, but then like a couple days later he'd be like, "Wanna go to the zoo?" and I'd be like, "Yeah, of course I do. Like I can't wait to see you." and it would happen all over again. So I'm embarrassed, but I own it. Like finally, after six months of this just nightmare, looking back, I was just like, you know what? I can't do this anymore. This hurts way too much. Like if you did care about me, like you say you do, you wouldn't be doing this. If you're not ready, you'd leave me alone. You know, do your healing, do whatever it is you have to do. And then reach out to me when you're ready. If I'm around, great. If not, timing's everything. Right. Like, Sorry, not sorry. Exactly, and that was like it was like a movie made him commit, and mm. he was like, "I'm not ready, but I can't lose you, and I want to be your boyfriend," which is what I'd been waiting to hear for six months. Like and that's,
0: <sighs> yeah, it's so hard though because I think that, it, like you said, it's like the movie, but movies make us believe that like that's how it should be. Yes. And that, like, I even was thinking about that when you were talking about him, you know, showing up and saying, I have to see you now. Like, I see a lot of rhetoric out there about, like, oh, if he doesn't like you enough to show up like that, like, if he doesn't like you enough to be, like, doing those things, then he's not the one. And it's like, no, no, no. That's, like, actually, like, possessive behavior. Yes.
1: <laughs> like, that's, that's not good. That's It's like, if you like that, like, you need to explore why you like that. <laughs> Right. Like that's not how it looks or feels. And what I guess like the other thing, and I'm really hard on myself and I'm working on that too. But looking back, like I had all these people who loved me and were like, and all these wonderful role models and examples of healthy relationships. And they were like, Tara, this isn't what it looks like. Like this isn't okay. Like I remember I had friends who were calling him fuckboys and I was or a fuckboy, excuse me. And I was like, he's not a fuckboy. He's the nicest guy I ever met. And it's like You know, when everyone around you loves you and wants to protect you and you're like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. So then he committed and it was just like the four years after that, like everything was a struggle. Everything. Like he lived at his parents because when he split up from his ex-wife, he moved into his parents' house. Like every well-adjusted grown man does. And (laughs) sorry. I'm sorry. But like. And I was going there and sleeping there. He wouldn't sleep at my place. That was a big no-no. Yeah. I was Oh, that's interesting. I hate myself. Like I'm hearing myself talk. No, right? don't say that. But I just can't believe his parents lived like 30 minutes north of the city. And I would drive, I would do anything for this guy. Like I would drive up there and sleep at his parents' house every single weekend, pack a bag. The guy couldn't even be bothered to sleep at my house once.
2: Here's the thing. I don't I don't knock anybody for having to move in to their parents' house for whatever reason, right? especially a, a divorce. Bit. It's expensive. You got assets tied up with another person. I don't knock him for that, but it's just very telling in any relationship of, is this person investing in this as much as I'm investing in this? Yes. Yeah. And something yes. as so basic as whose apartment do you sleep at more? And yours wasn't even a question of more. It was not at yours all. at Never. all.
1: Not once. And, and I, and sorry, let me like clarify. I totally agree with you. I would never knock him for moving in when I said well-adjusted grown man. I guess the part I failed to mention is he did it for like two years. Like there, like there comes a time where it's like, yeah.
0: You're like, okay, time (laughs) to, yeah, Yeah. skedaddle. Yeah,
1: like exactly. So I just want to make that clear because I totally agree with you. Like when you're, listen, when I was starting over, it was the middle of the COVID lockdown. If I could have stayed at my parents, I would. (laughs) <laughs> that is something I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy living in a house with your ex, but we'll get there. Um, <laughs> I have to be honest, like when we think of like the quintessential like bad guy, he's not it. He's a nice person with a good heart. Um, I think I just made it a little too easy for him. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, like he wasn't like, I th- it sounds like you're saying he wasn't like maliciously. No, no. Like he didn't have malicious intent. No. But that's, mm-hmm. but we have a higher bar than that. Like, we're not just looking for somebody who's not a bad person. Like, that's not the bar.
1: Right. We aren't now. We are now. We've evolved. Fast forward a couple months after that, and I was just like, I can't do this anymore. I I can't, like, you know, drive up to the suburb of Toronto all the time and sleep at your parents' house all the time. And this just doesn't feel good. Like, it was clearly my gut screaming, like, no, run. Yeah. Um, And then same thing happened. We broke up for a couple of weeks and then it was that I can't live without you. Like we can't do this. We can't break up, got back together. It was right before my 35th birthday. And he, I remember when we were broken up, this was actually like concerning to me. He had said, I'm going to travel on my own. Like I'm going to solo travel because I just need to escape from my life. Like it was that latter part that to me was very concerning, but Course, still didn't run. So then when we got back together, he was like, let's do it together. It's your 35th birthday. Let's go to Southeast Asia for four almost four weeks. So I was like, Oh wow. Yeah. I was like, hell yeah. yes. Like, let's, let's go. Do- yeah. So mm-hmm. we um we went to Thailand for two weeks and Bali for um just about 10 days. It was like a magical trip. I'll never forget. Um, it was amazing. And then I remember we had gotten back from that trip and it was back to the, like, come sleep at my parents. And, you know, when you spend almost four weeks with someone, like, living together, it's like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm 35. Like, Mm -hmm. this feels like high school. It was right back to that. And there was always an excuse. Like, he would always have an excuse for why things couldn't move forward. So I remember my dad who, you know, my dad and I do not have a great relationship, um, but he's the kind of guy who just sort of tells it like it is, which sometimes is needed in situations like this. And he really liked him, but he was like, what are you doing? Like, you're 35, you want a family, you want to settle down, like you want to take trips and sleep at his parents' house? Does this feel right for you? And I said, no, you know what? It doesn't. And I needed to hear this from you because for some reason, like my dad has been this person who always got through to me. So I said to him, like, not sleeping at your parents' house anymore. Uh, If you want to come stay at my place, you're welcome to, but this isn't happening anymore. I'm exhausted and I'm sick of tiptoeing and I'm a grown woman and this just doesn't feel good anymore. Um, So then the excuse was, well, we can't move in together because I'm going to buy a franchise. Yeah. Just, okay. Right my father is the vice president of um a franchisor in this like a very well-known one and Uh at the time he was like okay that's what he wants i'm gonna get him contacts gets him like all kinds of contacts cards puts him in touch does nothing about it so that's when my dad was like tara this is a stall tactic like how do you not see this yeah so then i said exactly that so then of course because it was an argument, and I was, which, and I, I realized now in retrospect, this was like a learned behavior. I was, if I threatened him to leave him, he would move forward. And that was, that was then
0: how you learned that that was what you had to do in order to move things forward in your relationship.
1: Yes, exactly. And that's not me. I did not recognize myself in this relationship. It's actually frightening to reflect back and think about it. So, of course, because I said, like, I'm not doing this anymore. Okay, let's move in together. Yeah. Yeah. Mm.
0: So. That's a a tough precedent because then it's like every single thing that you want now, there has to be that threat of leaving.
1: And you know what, Allie? Honestly, it became like unconscious. Like I didn't even realize I was doing it anymore. At the beginning, I did. I'm not going to lie. But it got to a point where it was, yeah, it was just this learned behavior. Like do it and you'll get what you want. Um, mm. so we moved in together two months later, again, moved 30 minutes north of the city into the suburb. Cause this is where his family was. I remember at the time, my dad saying like, you're not a nine Oh five, er that's the area code. Like you're, <laughs> a 4- you're a 416er. Cause I grew up in Toronto and I was like, okay, dad, it's fine. It'll be really nice. We're going to have a family. Like it's going to be great. Within a month of living together, it was just like a new, a new obstacle I had to face, which was now children. You know, even just talking about like future children, like we'd be on a hike because we both really like to hike. We'd be on a hike and I would, we would see a kid with their parents, like on a hardcore, like 14k hike. And I would say like, that's going to be our kid, like something like innocent like that. Yeah. And you could see him like crawling into his skin. And I would, I'm anxiously attached and I'm a huge empath. And so I would say like, Hey, like, why do you feel that way? Like, what's going on? And he would never even like imply that like he didn't want kids at this stage. He'd be like, oh, oh, I'm not doing that. And you know what? I listened to the pod last week. I'm going to tell you with absolute certainty, this was actual gaslighting. When we were first dating and the first time I brought him home to my mom's, we were talking about we're Jewish and we were talking about like Hebrew school and we're not really religious. And But I said, like, I want my kids to just know where they came from. And he said, like, it's not important to me, but if it was to Tara, our kids would go. He told me that conversation never happened. He's never said he wanted kids. Thankfully, my whole family was there because they were like, no, we remember that. Question. Yes, he yeah. did. Yeah. yeah. Like it was actual gaslighting and it actually got me thinking like, oh, my God, like, did he tell me all along these past few years that he didn't want kids? Like, is this my stupid decision?
2: Oh, well, he played that game of he technically didn't say the sentence "I want children." Right. However, he talked about the future and children were in it. Exactly. So it's that's that bullshit loophole that many people in general do to yeah. manipulate. They're like, "I didn't say yeah. to quit your job. Yeah. I said maybe you should look for another one." It's like, yeah. <laughs> you're, yeah. like you're implying to leave the job. You know what I mean? Like that wasn't 100%. the best example, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: No, you're totally right, that's and you're 100% right. And because I kept getting this vibe, I kept saying to him like, hey, do you not want kids? Like, am I wrong about this? And then it would turn into a big fight. And he would say, I do want kids. Like, this is in your head. I do want kids. At this point, I'm 35, halfway to 36. And I think it's just really shitty when you know that a woman that age wants children to like, keep this charade up. Like, At that point, just be like, hey, man, I don't want kids. Like, you shouldn't be with me if that's what you want.
0: Like, you're consistently bringing it up. Like, that's absolutely something that you want and that you see in your future. And from a biological standpoint, that future is not
1: that long. Right. Mm -hmm. Now he's still saying, yes, he does want kids. This is in my head. So I was like, okay, cool. So I'm feeling anxious about this because of my age my doctor like my family doctor was like let's just send you for fertility testing let's see where you're at let's find out what your baseline is and right. then it'll take the pressure off you or it'll let you know that like hey man if you want this it's time to do it
2: right and what was the conclusion
1: <laughs> he was supposed to come to the appointment and suddenly that day he, something came up with work and i went alone and i was crying in the waiting room um. so like to make me go through that alone. It, I mean, at the time he was like, I really have to do this. Is it okay? What am I going to say? No, like miss this really important work thing. That's just not who Mm I am. I'm it's just, and he knew that. So go to this appointment. I find out, I remember sitting in this appointment with the doctor and just crying, being like, this is what I've always wanted. It took me a really long time to meet my person and Now I'm at the – and I was just sitting in her office crying. But still, no, let's keep going, Tara. Let's push forward. Let's not – And in
0: that moment, you're still referring to him as your person.
1: Oh, yeah. Mm. Of course he's my person. He's he's my – like, meant to be. He's my Disney prince. Long story short, because I I find out that thankfully, and I'm very grateful for this, at 35, turning 36, I'm in really great shape. So that took a bit of the pressure off. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I just figured – it's, you know, it is what it is. I, at least I know I have a little bit of time to figure this out. I was still so delusional that like, I thought we were both going to want this one day. Right.
2: Yeah. (laughs) So like, like
1: like us against the world, whatever happens, we'll figure it out.
2: Okay. So you leave the appointment. You're like, okay, I am good. Yeah. So you're still in your head of, I would like to have a kid by X, Y, Z, right? Yeah. You come home. What do you tell them? How does that conversation go? Great.
1: Nonchalant, like whatever. great we
2: got time okay
1: whatever yeah a week or two later i want to say um around that we were talking about it and this is the newest development oh i only want to adopt okay Mm. came out of nowhere me being who i was this anxiously attached like fixer i was like okay because i honestly was okay with it like i just wanted to be a mom it didn't matter to me how i was a mom i just wanted to have a family Come January, I remember saying to him, because all my friends were like, okay, if you're going to do this, like it's like a four-year wait. It's a very
2: long process. Yeah. 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 Really it can long... be long. It can be short. It's a gamble.
1: I have the conversation and he says, no, no, no. I only want to adopt a child from Africa. So I was like, okay, do the research. And I discover that you have to go live there for two to three months before you can adopt the child and bring it home. So I was like- yeah. Hey, like neither of us can do this. Like, we like <laughs> mm. I don't know what world you're living in, but like I work full time and I'm I've worked really hard to get where I am in my career. Like, this isn't possible. Like, could we make it a bit easier and just do it locally? Oh, I'm not sure that I want kids. In this moment, I remember calling mm. my dad, and my dad was like, Tara, this has all been a stall tactic. Like, how have you not seen this? Hmm. I don't know. Like it was that shock, you know, that like wake up call where it's like, oh my God, this is all so clear. And you're so dumb.
2: Finally, your eyes are open. And was this, was this the moment you were like, okay, I'm out. I got to leave this guy.
1: You know what, Erica? I wish it was. God. Yeah. Um, a couple months went by. I had just started a new job, the role I'm in now. And it was a major, major promotion and something I'd been working like for 10 years towards. So I just thought like, there's too much going on. There's too much transition. I need to, you know, feel secure in where I am before I start again. There was always an excuse in my head. I was lying to myself. Then like two months after it was just like, a. it was not only a constant fight, but it was to the point that I remember one morning. And this is, this was so powerful for me looking back. I, I teach spin. You guys are both going to think I'm crazy. I teach spin at 6am. I'm just that person. Um, I, know. I love that for you. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, I don't think you're crazy. I'm just, no, not gonna great. Go to class. I'm not going to, I won't be there, but I'm yeah. excited for you. <laughs> Good for you, girl.
1: I was showering after my 6am class at the studio, like getting ready to go to work. And I just sat in the shower, stood in the shower and just started bawling thinking I am so stuck. I am like now 36 and it's February. So my birthday's January. So like I was already on my way to 37. Like I can't talk to, like, I was like, God, and Ali, something you said last week really resonated with me when you were like, oh, my friends would never have known about this
0: because I was now at the stage
1: where I stopped talking to people about it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. a real bad sign as discussed. Oh, my God. And like, even like, like literally my best friends, my family, no one. So, and spin was my outlet. I would just go and check out from the world. So I, when I got off the bike and went into the shower and it all just came pouring out, I knew like I wasn't okay. Um, and so then I, I remember I went home and I was just like, and I, I'm a huge sex in the city fan. I stole Samantha's line and I was just like, I love you, but I love me more. And I'm done with this. Like I need, I will regret it for the rest of my life. If I don't give myself the shot, moved out, signed a lease in a condo that lasted four months, the entire four months, he was blowing up my phone every single day. Mm. this i'm really ashamed of and i I, i'm working every day to stop being so hard on myself about this but i literally got to a point where i was like fine as long as i have you i don't need to be a mom i don't need to have a kid i gave up everything i wanted to be with this man Mm. and i went back and we moved back in and it lasted like two weeks and I'm so anxious just generally, which like this, I don't even, I'm not even going to blame this on my anxiety. This is just like a normal need for reassurance. I would say to him, like, where do we stand? Like, what's the plan? Like, I remember my dad would be saying to me, like, I'm saving my pennies. Like, when's the wedding? You moved back in together. And that was an issue. We couldn't talk about that. Like maybe it would be one day. And, you know, I would say like, oh, sorry, I, I left out a really key point. He didn't say he didn't want kids now. It was, he doesn't know. So I was still sort of holding on to like, maybe. Yeah,
0: the story is changing. So not your story, but like his, his yeah. story is yeah. yeah.
1: changing like
0: with whatever suits yeah. in the moment.
1: Yeah. And so because I was so anxious, which again, I don't think this was my anxiety. I think this was my own fault for putting myself in a situation that just wasn't meeting my needs. I would say like, hey, like, I'm not feeling great about this. Could we talk about, like, I just want a yes or a no. Like, what's the answer? And he would say to me, if you need an answer now, it's no, but it's not a no. (laughs) What? Right. Uh, If I had to answer you right now, it's no, I don't want kids, but it's not a definite no. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And listen, I don't think a person who doesn't live with anxiety would feel okay with that. But, like, living with anxiety, hearing that was just, like, so triggering that – I remember I, would, I got to a point in like February of 2020 where I, he would be downstairs and I would be upstairs and I would just be like playing this random game on my phone incessantly because I needed to stop my thoughts. Like I needed to stop obsessing about like what the future was going to look like. And I was beating myself up saying like, this is your anxiety. You're overthinking like, this is your fault. You need to live with this. And I remember mm-hmm. one of my friends was like, you don't need to live with this. You can change your mind just because yeah. you moved back in. This isn't your anxiety. You made the wrong choice. It's not too late. You can undo it. Exactly. Absolutely. You can,
2: you can always change your mind <sighs> yeah. at every juncture of every relationship. Yeah. And that's something that like even people that got the commitment you were looking for and got the kids and got the house and got all the things they wanted, still have those decisions to face sometime and still feel that i can't leave now or i can't change now and it's like you you always can change your mind we're human yeah it happens
1: yeah i think this part is really important to share as well because i want to own it it got so bad like the resentment grew so huge that i became this awful person like Mm. i was fighting with him about everything other than the main issue because I felt like I couldn't talk about it.
0: Like fighting around the issue? Oh,
1: my God. Like looking back, I'm like embarrassed. Like, like again, I just don't recognize myself when I look back at that very end, those last few months. It, it was so toxic. It was so bad.
0: So how did you kind of get your – like what got you to that point where you're like, this is it. I need to move on.
1: So it was the lockdown. So March 2020, the world shut down as we all know. And we were, I was faced with this reality of like, it's him and I and his dog forever. And I was just like, I don't even like him. Like, I don't like you. I don't want to hang out with you when I can't hang out with my friends and family. Like, I don't like to do the things you like to do. Like, I didn't like him anymore, which was the saddest part. Um, But because the world was in this crisis, it felt like, again, like, oh my God, well, I can't do it now. Like, where am I going to go? Like, Nothing was open. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then fast forward to like July 2020. And then I just, I, I ripped the bandaid off. I remember I, I um, couldn't take it. I was stuck in the house with him and I couldn't take it anymore. And I booked like a hotel at this like cottage re- resort up north. And, and I was just like, I would rather sit in this resort alone than be stuck in the house with this person. And that's when I knew.
0: like, That's really telling.
1: Yeah. Um, so then because it was a lockdown and in Toronto, we were still at a, I think it was different in New York. We were still like very much locked down. We had the worst lockdowns in the world. I lived in the spare room, which quite honestly, wasn't even much of a change at the end. I was always going to sleep in the spare room. Um, and it was just so toxic, like the vibe, the energy was so bad that I remember I was like going to hang out in my friend's backyards every second I could, and then just coming home to sleep. Mm-hmm. and finally september of 2020 i we both moved out it was just again i wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy it was a horrible situation but i did it <laughs> well
0: i mean i'm i'm very proud of you for getting to that you know i know you talked a lot in that story about being hard on yourself and you know being embarrassed and i i think it is so relatable to feel that swept away by someone And I I know that a lot of people will resonate with that, you know, individual pieces of that story and just kind of especially the piece about not recognizing yourself. I mean, I talked about that in our most recent episode or two, two weeks ago by the time people hear this. But that's just it's, I think, important to acknowledge that that happens. And it doesn't mean that, you know, you can't move forward from it and grow and learn like you obviously have.
1: Oh my God. Yeah. That's, and, and that's really why I wanted to share this story because if someone even told me two years ago that life would be as good as it is right now on my own, I I would have said like, you're lying. I should stay. So that there. was,
0: that's gonna be my next question. Tell yeah. us about the the last two yeah. years since, since then been like exactly, almost exactly two years, right? A yeah,
1: and, and this part I'm so proud of. So as much as I was just totally self-deprecating, like this part I am so proud of. And I hope whoever's listening um, will hear this story. And if they're like on the fence, like take the leap because the comeback, as cliche as this is, is so much better than the setback. I've never been happier in my life and I'm single right now. And I think that's important to say out loud and with a huge smile on my face. Um, so since then I've been in two relationships um, short ones, it's only been two years. Um, One was kind of on and off for a year. Um, but you know, looking back on them and and my friends and family and I talk about this all the time, looking back on them, on those two relationships pre him, I would not have ended them as fast as I did. And that is like worth a million billion dollars to me. I am a different person. Um, so I did a lot of therapy. I did a lot of work on myself. I am, still anxiously attached, but I'm definitely closer to secure than I ever have been in my life. And that to me is the prize for what I went through. It's not, you know, being married and having children, like hopefully that'll be my happy ending one day, who knows. But the real prize for me is that I will never again in my life be in a situation that either doesn't meet my needs or shows me red flags and keep going ever. Yeah.
2: Yeah, the yeah. bright side of any relationship not working out. Regardless of age, regardless of how long you've been together, regardless of mistakes you made in the thing, there's always some lesson you learn or you just get a better sense for what do I really want. Yeah. And especially I've heard so many women say, I look back at past relationships and there's so many things I put up with that I say never again. Uh-huh. I will never again put up with those things. Those are now officially deal breakers for me like lesson learned and it's hard to not beat ourselves up about it when we look back, but like we all are doing the best with the information we have at the
1: time. Yeah. 100%. Um, So yeah, my happy ending looks a little different, but it's, I've honestly never been happier in my life.
0: I think that is an incredible happy ending though, because something that you and I talked about when we like initially chatted is that I feel like a lot of these stories that you hear, A lot of the stories that you hear about women who, you know, ended relationships that were really long, or, you know, when they felt like they were on a timeline and then they kind of like, like you said, blew up their lives, things like that. Like, I think a lot of those stories, the present day is, and then I met somebody great and now things are great. And while that's awesome, I think it leaves a huge gap for people who are single having done that. And I think it puts a focus, it like it centers things around the partner. It centers things around being partnered. It's like, oh, I was in a bad partnership, but now it's okay because I'm in a good one. Yeah. When like the moral of the story and the happy ending can be I was in a bad partnership and now it's okay and great because I'm just not in that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm me
2: and it's great. I was just going to say, we all know it's easier to leave something if you have something else lined up. Yep. And it is more rare that people have the courage to leave anything without having something else lined up. Whether it be a relationship, a job, like, you know, all those big things. And, and I especially also appreciate you sharing essentially not having this, you know, put a bow on it relationship at the end. And I relate to you personally because as someone that has herpes, I would only hear stories from people that were married. It was only the people that were married that got out of the trenches that kind of were like, oh, now I'm now I'm open to talking about my struggles of herpes because I've won. And I was very like, like, I found this person who's yeah. yeah," And it would be like, OK, well, where are the other single people like also going through this like with me type of yeah. thing? So,
1: and you know, what makes me so sad about that is like, when did this happen where like we are defined by that, by like being Mm. in this partnership and having, and not like, I have an amazing career. I have an amazing side hustle. I have the best family and friends you could ever ask for. And I have honestly, and very single, never felt more stable and secure in my life ever.
2: Good. I'm glad to hear it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Same. I think it's Why don't we talk about that? Like as a society, that's the part that like saddens me. You know like listening to what you just said erica like why is the happy ending like oh i have herpes and i'm married why isn't i i have herpes and i'm living my best life
2: yeah it's because people are scared i think a lot of times they're scared to be judged so we commend you for coming on here and sharing your story as we know it's not easy to share things that you look back on and go i can't believe i did that i can't believe i put up with xyz i can't believe i went back another time like it takes a lot of courage to share those things that essentially don't make us look like, quote, the best people or people to have it all together. But like, that's real life shit.
1: Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and you I, know what? I, As someone who was like searching to hear this from someone else, like that's who I hope to be right now. I hope someone listening is thinking like, oh my God, like I see those red flags or I'm living that life. And I can start over. And even if I don't end up with someone else right away, I'll be okay. Yeah
2: yeah, and we've all had moments of being with someone and feeling that I don't want to start over. Yeah, I don't want to go back out there and start over. And I've stayed with people like longer than I should have, kind of having that thought in my mind, and mine was because of herpes. Yours was for different reasons, and it's like I think it's relatable across the board. So again, thank you so much for yeah. coming on to the show.
0: Thank you for it. Totally me. agree. And also, Tara, on along the lines of like connecting with people. And, you know, finding, filling that gap that you mentioned, I would love for to wrap this with you telling us about the social club that you've put together.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so we started a social club actually with one of your listeners. So when we- Yeah, were, it's so cool. It's so cool, especially because I'm in Toronto. So because I posted on my story and you reshared it, this lovely human reached out to me like through DMs and she was like, Hey, like fellow Finding Mr. Height listener and fellow Torontonian, I'd love to connect. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started chatting and like, honestly, just such a badass woman. Shout out Maeve because she's listening to this for sure. Like <laughs> badass crown attorney, which is like, I think a DA in the States, in Toronto. Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. Like so beautiful inside and out, just like a cool, cool girl. Um Anyways, we connected, we started talking and I woke up the next morning and I tend to think a little too big, but I, I will never stop. And I thought if she exists and if I exist, like there's more of us in Toronto. And I started an Instagram account and it... And is this a
2: social club that just like gets together to just meet new people, yeah. do activities together? Absolutely. And, yeah, and I you assume... guys did
1: like a whole hike, right? Yeah. I saw that you had done a hike. And it's certainly not for single people. Like it's for anyone in any season of life. Because let's be honest, at this age, like most of us have our crew that we've had for a while. Like, where do you meet new people? Um, so if you want to meet new people outside of your own crew, come. Like, it, it's it's for anyone in any season of life. We just had a hike. Then we're, we have a paint and sip coming up in a couple of weeks, which is super fun. I'm the so least fun. creative person you'll ever meet. But drink some wine and paint a picture. And it's just a really safe, cool space for women in Toronto. What's
2: the, uh, what's the handle people can find you at?
1: Uh, women's Social Club underscore TO. Perfect. Love it. We'll put it in the show notes too. So everybody has it. Um, and if, if you like, if anyone wants to reach out to me on my personal and just wants to connect with me and just talk about what you're going through, maybe if my story resonates, like I'm happy to talk to anyone and just let you know that you're less alone.
2: And what's your handle?
1: At Tara Resnick. It's very, it's, it's very hard to find me. (laughs) (laughs) We'll tag
0: you as well. So that's so kind of you. If anybody wants to reach out and, echoing Erica thank you again for coming on and sharing your story it's it's so brave and I I know that it's going to resonate with a lot of people
2: and if any of you guys have a story you possibly want to submit for story time check out our website and you could submit there and we'll have that also in the description so thank you again Tara for coming on and thank you to everyone for listening this week talk soon
0: everyone bye